Welcome to the High Achievers Club. This podcast is for you, the big dreamer, goal getter, ceiling breaker, trailblazer, and quota crusher. You're in the right place if you want unstoppable success without sacrificing yourself and your sanity in the process. I'm your host, Becca Powers, best-selling author of Harness Your Inner CEO. And here at the High Achievers Club, you will get the tools you need to have a professional and personal life that thrives beyond your wildest dreams. All right. Welcome, hackers, to episode eight with one of my dear friends and work colleagues, Gina McCarthy. And today we are going to be still talking about perspective of the unders. And I think Gina has one of the most like powerful stories of overcoming feeling the unders. And I'm going to turn it to her real fast before we go into the story itself. I just, Gina, introduce yourself. Hello. Hello. So my name is Gina McCarthy. Becca and I have known each other for I think it's 10 years now, maybe 11 yeah. years. It is mm-hmm. a long time and we've come a long way from the cubes on broken sound. So <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we had the cube life. <laughs> yes, that, that cube life into real true entrepreneurial enterprise sales. And we've kind of followed each other's journey and, you know, had our cries and our screams and our shouts along the way. But I'm just happy to have an ally in women in tech on the same path, kind of the same timeline and just the same badass culture that, you know, just feeding into that. We're powerhouses. Yeah, it is. We're powerhouses. We've got that high achieving mindset. And we've also have learned so much about the cost of Mm -hmm. powering through and having to maybe too much resiliency at times. So let's just get into it because guys, let me tell you, this is not the last time Gina is going to be on the show because Gina and I can rip on a topic like no tomorrow. And it's a weeknight. All our phone calls. (laughs) Yeah, we should totally do that. Mm -hmm. And it's a weeknight. It is seven o'clock and we've worked all day and we have a drink in hand. So I'm just saying we're going to have a good time. So Gina, let's get into the under. So you recently over the last year and a half, have had a lot of transition and have learned like a lot of things. And I just want to like talk to the audience a little bit about how you entered Well, we talked about. You were at one company, then you left a role that you were in a very long time. So I'll just give the audience a little bit of background. She was with a company for a very long time, was looking just for some career progression, change specialties. Uh, In technology, we're always having to grow and adapt and re-evolve ourselves, to be honest. Tell what's hot too, right? Yeah, you got to, you got to, you got to be. Tech is always changing. So we always have to be changing. And Gina is a master at that, but she had left a job that she had been at for a long time, gone into a new role with a good company. But there were some aspects of that role that weren't an exact fit. And it's a really good theme for the unders. So we can talk about in the last episode, I mentioned feeling undervalued, underappreciated, underrecognized, and how that can start to stir up the beginning of burnout if it doesn't go resolved. Fortunately, in Gina's situation, she resolved it and she left, went to another company and is rocking it so hard. And anyway, that's the storyline, but I'm going to pass it over to Gina and G, go ahead and tell them. Your story. When I hear you say that, right? I almost cringe because I was so afraid of the stigma that comes with 
Well, I left and I wasn't at this new place quite a year. And then I left again. And, and that kind of was a big place where I pivoted in my, my first role in technology. I was kind of with this company for seven, I think eight years. I can't even, can't even pinpoint it. The time goes so fast, but God, great team. We just had a great chemistry, but you know, the products were waning and I was underwhelmed. When you speak about those unders, I was underwhelmed. I was undermotivated. I just wasn't excited about the product that I was selling and I wasn't challenged. It was knocking on the same doors with the same product and we weren't seeing a lot of development. So a recruiter reached out to me, it was a well-known company. And I was like, wow, you know, this is really, really high tech cybersecurity sales, very, very complex. Like I'm ready to take on this challenge. I'm ready to do it. So I went all in. I left my family at this company. I mean, we were like a family, but I needed to grow. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. And I had been there so long. And what is it? Anais Nin says, you know, sometimes the risk to remain and close tight in the bud is more painful than the risk it takes to blossom. Yes. Like not to interrupt you, but I use that quote today. What are the odds of that? Senior quote in my year. <laughs> I use that today. That's so many years ago that was. I'm not going to say how many years ago that was, but it was quite a few. But so I had to get out of it, right? I was comfortable. I was loved. I was respected, but I just wasn't challenged. So I went to this new company. I was so excited and it just was not at all what I thought it would be. Culturally, I just didn't fit in. I was the only woman and I'm used to being the only woman in a lot of situations, but I've never really felt it. I've never really been made to feel it. So, you know, you'll get in those situations. It's hard to believe that in this day and age, those situations still exist. And I was made to feel less than. I was underappreciated. I was undervalued. I was trying to do things that I thought were awesome. And it was kind of accepted with a yawn. And I was, I was doing well. And I was told in a QBR that I was too emotionally invested in my customers. When you told me that, I was like, what? You're too emotionally involved in your customers? That's the story, right? That's that's the Becca story. That's the Becca tie-in. Becca and I always kept in touch. And I was watching her progress with this book and everything else. And I was on my own path. And Becca knew where I was and who I was working with because it is a damn small community. Not In women in tech, it sure is. Yeah, it is a damn small community. It's very ancestral. Beck and I happened to go out to lunch and I was in this place where I was just told literally a few days ago, I was too emotionally vested in my, my customers. And the problem is I allowed it to be an insult. I allowed it to come across as an insult when I should have just, you know, flicked the chin and said, you're damn right. I am. I am so emotionally. Invested. You know, I really like that you said that as you, I know you're going to go into more of the story, but I like that you said that you allowed yourself to mm-hmm. receive that in a negative way, because I have realized too, I've done some recent reflection and I'm like, oh, the only reason that wounded me is because I was insecure in something and I allowed it to hurt rather than to have that, you know, deflection of like, yeah, damn straight. And so much of that in your first book, I recognized as I was going through the process and as you were being told these things, as I was reading your story, and this is why it's so important for us to just talk, right? Because Somebody else is hearing this that received, allowed themselves to receive an insult that was really a compliment. So when you were being told at that healthcare company, like, hey, you need to tone it down. You're too much. That broke you. And it should have been like, you're damn right I am. You're damn right I'm too much. Yeah. And I think about that all the time. I'm like, what part of me was feeling so small that I just, I absorbed that rather than like you said, been like, damn straight I'm too much. 
That's why I'm gangsta. (laughs) You know what? You can put whatever the hell you want out there. You say whatever the hell you want to me, but how I receive it is on me. How I receive it and how it is processed is on me. And I received it as a compliment. I mean, as an insult. And I let it break me when it really was a compliment. This asshat really just gave me a compliment. And I meant it as an insult. And I allowed him to give it to me as an insult. When Mm -hmm. I should have said, no, you're right. I am 100% emotionally invested in my customers. And if you meant that as an insult, bad on you. Yeah. I recently watched Oprah say there is three things that people really need. And that is to be seen, to be heard and felt like they're mattered. And, you know, as you say that, it's like you weren't seen, you weren't heard and you felt like you didn't matter. So it hit that spot in you where you were like, oh, I just took a sucker punch, you know, because I allowed myself to be the underdog, right? I allowed myself to be put down and to be made to feel less than. So I was in that place and I was having a really hard time getting out of it. And I'm reached out to by recruiters all the time. And I just had this mindset. I left that QBR. I remember sitting in the airport lounge being like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I am just so miserable. I was just miserable. I was miserable at home. I was mean to my kids. I was mean to my husband. I just was like, it was just making it through the day. It was draining on me. And I went to lunch with you and at a very well-known technology leader in our field. And we just sat down and had this great lunch and we were talking and I just, I needed to vent because again, we don't talk about these things where we're feeling like we're not doing a good job. I don't want to call back up and be like, Hey, Becca, I'm really sucking at what yeah. I do. I had my feelings hurt today. We don't do that. I sat down and I was just like, and you looked at me and you said, yeah, how are you doing? And I was just like, dude, I don't know. Not great. Like I just left this QBR and I'm feeling a little broken. And I kind of told her the story and, I, and she goes, well, what, what are you, why are you still there? Like, you're awesome. Why, why are you staying there? And I was like, well, I got to wait a year. I got to, I got to wait it out a year. And I'll never forget this. You looked at me and said, what changes in a year? You stunned me. It's not often that um, <laughs> I was literally bumbling like an idiot. I was like, well, nothing, nothing changes. Like, it's still going to be the same thing. And listen, the team there, they do well in their own right. But it's just a culture that if you don't fit into it, you're just not going to be supported. You're not going to be encouraged. And that's it. No, no bad on the company. It just wasn't the place for me. Like, I just didn't. I wasn't motivated by the things that motivated this specific team. And I wasn't welcomed because I'm just me and I can't not be me and I can't not be emotionally vested and loud and a little bit off and maybe a little bit, you know, crude. That's just who I am. Yeah, exactly. And I think that to your point, we do try to stay, especially when it comes to work. We are fearful to leave for many rational reasons, right? Like that's how we're providing for our families or what is it going to look like on my resume if I leave too soon or whatever. But the fact of the matter is we have the ability to make sure that we're working in environments that support us, accept us and like lean into yeah. our too muchness or our extraness. I was so worried about that resume, right? And that whole, oh, well, and just to, like I said, just as you were introducing me, it's like, oh, she was at one company, she left, and then she left again. And it's like, oh, gosh. And it's like, well, you know what? No, I had my reasons. And I had to do what was best for me. I did not grow at that company, not an iota. I grew stronger because I realized what I wasn't willing to put up with, the positions that I wasn't willing to put myself in. And I realized my work. I'm yes. 
you know, that's the thing. You go in, and a lot of times as women, we feel this loyalty. We feel this dedication. You gave me a chance. I Maybe I didn't deserve this. I'm not deserving of this position. I wasn't deserving of this role. We automatically feel that way. So I felt this loyalty, and I gave this loyalty to folks who didn't have a damn bit of it towards me that I've got to see it through for at least a year. I can't leave them hanging. I can't leave them high and dry. And you know what? You don't give that to people who don't reciprocate it. You don't do that. That's exactly right. And we're almost taught that we should, like you were saying. And that's the part that keeps us like fragmented. And, you know, as I talk about burnout, that's the first layer of burnout is leaving ourselves in situations where we're starting to feel disrespected, again, undervalued, and we just take it. Hello there, hackers. Pausing the podcast for a moment because you know I'm all about breaking up those burnout cycles and getting you to your peak potential. So I want to offer an opportunity for you to self-assess whether you're in burnout or not. So if you go to BeccaPowers.com forward slash burnout, there's a free assessment for you there. All right, let's get back to the show. I was so unmotivated to do anything spectacular, to do anything that I'm known to do. Like, I just didn't have the drive to do it because it was like, oh, you don't like what I got now. I'm going to give you extra of what I'm already giving you. Like, it's okay, fine. So I literally was, I mean, my flame was going out. It was like working under a wet towel. Like, (laughs) you know, just every day trying to stay motivated. And you get to a point when you're not busy, when you're not, you know, putting forth your best effort that you fall into this rut. And it's just like, you're sitting there going, oh, I got to draft this email and I got to do this and I got to, and you're just trying, it's taking everything in your body just to do your job because you don't feel it. So I left that lunch with Becca. We had a great conversation. I left that lunch with Becca. And if you don't know Becca, you know that Becca is a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. Like to know Becca is to know Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I mean, accurate. (laughs) Also a Fleetwood Mac fan, but not to the degree. (laughs) Not at the uh, fanatic level that I am. Which one was it that came on when I called you in the car? Hysterical crying. Not afraid to say that I cried. I think it was Gypsy. It was Gypsy. I was just going to say it was Gypsy. So I get in the car and I'm leaving and I'm like shaking because all of a sudden, All of this stuff, it was like a therapy session. It all kind of came up and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is the core of my anxiety. This is the core of my exhaustion. This is the core of my short temper. This is the core of feeling bad about myself. Like, I feel terrible about myself. And it just all came up. And so got in the car, we left. I was sure Becca was on the road. I called her and I just started sobbing. And I was like, you have no idea how much that one sentence resonated with me today and how much I needed to hear that. What? changes. And at the time, I had been asked to consider this startup company. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to a startup. Like I kind of poo-pooed my engineer who went there. And I'm like, why did you go to a startup from like a well-known publicly traded company? He called me again. He goes, I just want to show you the product. Let me just show it to you. I said, I have eight minutes. Let me see. (laughs) Show me what you got in eight minutes. He says, give me 15 minutes. Then I have eight. So I get on, he shows it to me and I'm like, oh my gosh. Now I'm excited. Like I'm going to have my resume ready. Then I was talking to Becca and I'm like, I went from not interested into this company to I'm going to die if they don't hire me. So from the company that was like family, right? I go from that company to the company that I was just unhappy. 
I got a $75,000 raise going there. So I left that company, my family company in March to go to this new company for a $75,000 raise, which I think was great. Well, then less than a year later, because I said F that one year mark, I get an offer from, sorry again, so bad at the math, um, get an offer for the new company, another $47,000 raise. Damn, that's what I'm talking about. In one year, less than one year, I increased my salary by like 35%. I mean, that's huge. That's insane. $112,000 raise in less than less than a year. Like that's insane. But that's what happens when you get into alignment, right? And that's why we're here, right? Because us talking might kick somebody else's ass. Yes. In the boardroom being told that they're too much or they're too emotionally invested or they're too loud or they're too... Shut up. Yes, I am all (laughs) of those things. And if you don't like it, I'll go somewhere where somebody does. Exactly. And the thing is that there is a job, especially that matches your personality, that matches your gifts and your talents. And here's the thing too, like sitting in mediocrity is a flame killer, like you were saying. So it's not even, you don't even have to be in the horribles, but you could just be bored out of your ever loving mind and know that you have so much more. Like for me too, I, I travel a lot to, I travel to companies. No, I spent about two to three years with most companies, but I was with Cisco for two and a half years. Then I left and went to Fortinet, had a pretty good experience at Fortinet, but there was something about it that didn't feel the same as Cisco. Like Cisco was the first job I truly cried when I quit. Like I loved it so much. I cried and I've never had that experience in my life. I wrote about that piece in the book too. But what I do want to say is that as I'm so intimate with this type of work and like I'm challenging people and stuff, I had to challenge myself and I had the conversations with you. I was like, something feels off or doesn't feel as good. And then I had an opportunity to go back to Cisco and I just had to be like, it was a different role, it was right role, right pay, right company, all the rights. But it was like, my body was like, oh, hell yes. And lunch more often because every time we go to lunch, we walk away with a new job. (laughs) Or maybe, (laughs) (laughs) but something magical happens when we meet for lunch. So, what are you doing tomorrow? No, I'm just kidding. Well, remember, we sat down at lunch and you were telling me you were burnt out, right? And and it wasn't anything specific, it was very slight, it wasn't abusive, it was slightly underwhelming, it was slightly underappreciated. You're being questioned on things, and it just got to the point where you start to question yourself and you let that bleed in. And it happens slowly. It's not like somebody comes in and punches you in the face and is like, you suck, you're too much. <laughs> but that's yeah. why I love talking about it because it is like the, the slow drip. Right. And then it, a lot of times it takes talking to a colleague who's in the same role, who's experienced the same thing that goes, dude, Becca, wake up. Like, no, you're better than this. What? No, Gina, what changes? And it's like, hold on. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Like, what? Nothing changes. And so... It's lifting each other up. And the thing that we need to get better at as friends, as women in tech, is calling each other out on this shit. Because you did that to me. And not a lot of people would do that. Yeah, and you did that to me too. You're like, hello, woman. Even at lunch, you're like, well, I don't think they're going to get the offer right. And I just don't. And I said to you, yeah, they're going to get the offer right. I know they're going to do it. You're worth it. They're going to get it right. And what was it? it was, I said, two days. It was that afternoon, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, they called. They're like, we're going to try to get this approved. We really, we want to make this work. Listen, we've always been awesome people. 
right? But our skills and everything has been honed and hurt in losses of deals and losses of President's Club in underwhelming performance years. I mean, we're not perfect. We're powerhouses now, but... <laughs> it was a bumpy ride. <laughs> you know, like, there has been a lot of speed bumps. We have learned a lot. And I think the difference is having the right mentors, having the right support, that when you have those years, when you have those quarters, when you have those months, or when you have those days, that somebody says to you, this is not who the F you are. Right. Dude, that is so empowering. And I try to keep these episodes within about 20 minutes. So I'm going to just talk to you more when we hit the pause button. Sorry, guys. I'm going to talk to Gina more, but shit, we'll have her back. On that note, Gina, what would you say to a listener who's just heard us talk for the last 20 minutes that is on the fence and like questioning themselves right now? The thing is, is I think a lot of times we get in our own heads about our performance and we let whatever it is in your job, that if it's not just sales, whatever it is that you're quantified on, we all have a bad week, a bad month, a bad quarter, sometimes a bad year. I remember sobbing to my boss. COVID and everything else. I said, if you have to fire me, I understand. And she's like, why would I fire you? You're amazing. Like, we get fired for having a bad year. You've made President's Club all these years. We've got COVID. We've got all this stuff. You just had a baby. And I'm like, but I've been in this world where I'm like, I'm getting fired. And I think we're all there sometimes. And what I say is find your people, find your touchstone, find your people that are going to check your ass because. If it wasn't for a Becca, if it wasn't for a Jesse, if it wasn't for a Leanne, and I'm calling out names and I don't care, if it wasn't for those people. When I get into those times and those moments as women, it's very easy to get swallowed and to say, this is my role. This is what I deserve. I'm going to quiet down. I'm going to shut up and I'm going to stop being awesome. And I'm going to be this brand of what's asked of me. And you need women around you, not just women, men too. You need people that are going to see that in you and say, Rise it up, shut up, get yes. up and get in there and get it done. Because sometimes you can't always do that for yourself. Build your support network because you're going to need that. To the you're that gonna need it. I have the goosebumps head to toe and I'm such a big advocate of that. Like you said, like we rise when we come together, we rise together. And I think mm-hmm. that's just such a strong message to give to the yeah. listeners, Gina. It's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Well, you're awesome, Becca. You have been my touchstone <laughs> when I've needed it. Listen, I wouldn't be here. And I know that Jesse's been that for you and you've been that yep. for her and Leanne's been that for me and it all goes around. Coming yeah. And we get to give it back to each other. And even sitting here on this podcast, someone's going to listen to it and be like, man, I've been tolerating or I've been repackaging myself or I've been the playing small. What you've told me is that you said this to me is seek out a mentor, find someone and don't be afraid to ask them like, hey, I like what you're doing because maybe they need a compliment that day. I like what you're doing. Show me how you do it. I like your style. Show me. Yeah, that's it. All right, Gina. Well, I'm going to close up this episode. Stay right here. I'm just going to hit it down. Hackers, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you on the next episode. Well, hackers, that concludes today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, share on social. Follow me on LinkedIn. Instagram and Facebook, all at the same handle at Becca Powers 1313. Share this episode, tag me in it. And if you really, really love the episode, please rate and review it too. It's the best way to show a podcast host some love. Like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg said, till the next episode. See you then.